Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Chuggy podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? Not too bad. So on today's podcast, we will be reacting to the end of the season matches in the Premier League and Scottish Premier League. Reacting to our dramatic last day in the Bundesliga. Reacting to the latest Scotland squad announcement. Previewing this weekend's FA Cup and Scottish Cup final. And at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we will be reacting to last weekend's Premier League matches. So on Sunday, the 28th of May, the last day of the 2022-23 Premier League season was played out. By the end of the season, we found out that the relegated teams were Southampton, Leeds United and Leicester City. Everton's win against Bournemouth on the last day meant that at least Leeds, Leicester and uh, will be playing championship football next season. Aston Villa managed to claim a European spot after defeating Brighton on the last day. This now means that Tottenham will not play European football for the first time in 14 years. So, Pierce, um, what is your reaction, overall reaction, to our dramatic last day of the Premier League season? To be honest, it's just total, total entertainment. That's what the Premier League delivers. And I'd just like to go out here and say that uh, we're a cool Pierce here, by the way, because about three, four weeks ago, I predicted all three relegated teams to get relegated. Southampton, Leicester, and... Who's our team? Who's our team? Yeah, Leicester. Leeds. Leeds. Aye, Leeds. And Leeds, yeah. Aye. So I predicted Nottingham Forest would escape and Everton would just nick it with the skin of their teeth. And that's what they done. Um, but no, you you cannot predict. Like obviously, Tottenham last year sneaking into Champions League fourth place at the Conte. This season, they've also just threw it away beside and Conte with his comments earlier on, and then just caretaker charge, and they just basically just kind of handed their season away. But for someone like Harry Kane to get thirty Premier League goals in a season, and a team that Tottenham themselves have struggled for goals, there's no no creativity. Um, Son's been not at his best so he's virtually just been him on his own for him to do that and only have 8 less league goals than Erling Haaland who has been a sensation um, in this kind of Man City team that just kind of all conquering in Europe and in domestically on all fronts they're going for an unprecedented treble it's unreal and the fact is this is Harry Kane's He's equaled his best league tally since 17-18 under Pochettino. And um, he deserves full credit. But for him not to have Champions League or even Europa League or Conference League, he's going to a Champions League team that says, I can see him going to Manchester United or Chelsea because they need a number nine. Um, and also, fairy tale for Brighton to get Europa League. Some of the football they've under deserve is outstanding. And uh, Newcastle Champions League Knights. St James's Park that is going to be magical by the way that will be good that will be good so obviously um, after the last day of the season finished we found out that Leeds and Leicester will be relegated after Everton won against Bournemouth so I just want to ask what is your reaction to both these teams going down Leeds and Leicester yeah Um, I just I felt as if Leeds' squad wasn't good enough Um. In terms of like defensively, they just they leaked too many goals. Um, the one game that stood out for me was the one 
they get absolutely battered against Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace maybe like a month or two ago with Javi Gracia in charge and for a team that was fighting for their lives in the league the one thing you need to do is kind of make them solid resolute and similar to what Sean Dice had done not, it's not pretty not exciting but it gets results um, and same with Leicester Leicester appointed Dean Smith they don't feel me with any confidence at all they probably should have kept Brendan Rodgers. I don't think Brendan Rodgers would have got him relegated. Um, but the fact is that he left, for me, kind of cemented a place in the championship for next season. And with their squad, they've got a lot of big players leaving. I think they might be down in the championship for a couple of years. It might take them. I don't think they'll bounce back up straight away. They'll be losing Madison. They'll be losing Telemans. They'll be, they'll be losing a lot of top-class players and maybe Vardy might even retire, he might leave as well, you never know. And um, Jewsby Hall will be attacking players like Harvey Barnes has been linked with Villa already, so the top about a quarter of the team will be going. And for me, start of, in, was it the start of the season, selling something like Cash for Schmeichel, you, that, you need a top quality keep Look at, I'm going to compare it to the SBL in Scotland. You look at Dundee United, they really good. Did. But I think if they had Benjamin Segrist and goals, they wouldn't have been relegated. Like you, you build, you build from the back, and that's just that's proven in any level. If you're resolute at the back, it's a platform for you to go in forward and um, build on. And similar to what I said about Leicester, I think Leeds might have had a better chance if they just stuck with Jesse Marsh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, just just touching on Leeds, you know, I think the writing writing's been on the wall for them for a couple of months. Just, I think it just came down defensively for them. They just defensively they're not good enough, you know. Conceding three plus goals every game, uh, you know, that's and if you're in a relegation battle, that's never going to keep. That's you're never going to stay up. I think the recruitment's been poor. Um, you know, for example, in January there they signed a a striker Ruther for thirty six million, and he's he's hard to play. You know that thirty six million could have could have went towards. Two, two, three defenders. So, recruitment's been recruitment's been really poor for them. They've had a really poor season, and defensively, at the end of the day for Leeds, it's just not been good enough. Uh, Leicester, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm really surprised with Leicester. And if you told me at the start of this season, well, last season, that if Leicester would be relegated, I never would have believed you. You know, obviously last summer they didn't have a great, a a, a great summer window. You know, they didn't really bring many players in, but. I always thought they would have had enough to have stayed up at least, you know, with the, especially with the players and going forward with Madison, Harvey Barnes, you know, Kalecci, Iheanacho, you know, players like that, Patch and Daka. Um, but just obviously now that's Leicester now gone, but we've got to touch on the fact that, I mean, what a what a period of Premier League football has been for them, you know, since they came, they came back up into the Premier League. I think if you told any Leicester fan uh, back back then when they got promoted to the Premier League, that by the time they'd go back down, they'd have won the Premier League, won an FA Cup, won a Community Shield, uh, played Champions League football. Uh, you know, um, it's just been it's been such a good it's been such a good time for them. You know, they've had an absolutely brilliant period in the Premier League, and um, so it's sad to see them go, um, because they've been they've been brilliant. But um, you know, that's just that's the way it is. You know, and. You, you you did touch on Dean Smith. I will be honest, I wasn't really sure about Dean Smith when he came in. Uh, you know, going from Brendan Rodgers to Dean Smith, I wasn't filled with hope. 
mm. about them, about their chances. So, but you know, at the well, that, that at the end of the day, that's what's happened. Uh, so I just want to touch on Aston Villa uh, briefly. So obviously, uh, last day of the season, it was confirmed that they'll be playing European football. So obviously, Unai Emery came in in November, um, and since then he, he's done. So what, what do you think of the job he's done since he's he's come in? It's been sensational. Um, it just shows you what um, quality coaching can do. Someone like a novice like Steven Gerrard had them playing horribly. They could, they could barely score. You look at the, the upturn in fortunes and someone like Ollie Watkins. I think it was like 10, 11 goals since January. It's unreal form for him. Uh, I think he ended the season on 15 Premier League goals. Which is a good return, um. But the fact is, just the fact is, he didn't really bring in many players. I think he brought maybe one or two players. There. I know he brought in um, Alex Moreno from Real Betis at left back, um, and, and one or two others. But the fact is, I think they were seventeenth, eighteenth when they took over. So that's a relegation, a flop relegation, and to get him into Europe. But the fact is, his team is just similar to what Gary Neal's done at Bournemouth. A lot of their work has gone under the radar, just consistently picking up points. Um, and the football he's been playing has actually been pretty pretty good as well. And obviously with, with them this summer, I can see them having a good successful window. And like you said, he's he's a serial winner. He didn't work out at Arsenal. Arsenal was quite caught throat and I thought maybe a wee bit too, too premature to sack him because he did fall in, obviously, Arsene Wenger. Um, but in Europe, and especially in Europe League for Valerie and um, it was at Sevilla. In La Liga in general, he's, he's been an outstanding manager and he's proven to it again in the Premier League. He, he can cut it with a lesser team in Aston Villa. I don't crack in history, but in terms of like the competing against like, the top, your predominant top six, I think he's done fantastic to secure European football. I think it's the first time since with Martin O'Neill back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic job he's done, an absolutely brilliant job. Um, I just think the big thing with Unai Emery coming to Aston Villa is the improvement in players. You know, Jacob Ramsey has improved dramatically. John McGinn has been a revelation since Unai Emery's came in. He's been he's been absolutely brilliant. You know, it was tough for him because he he got the captaincy at the start start of the season under Gerrard. You know, it didn't. You know, it, it, it kind of looks like it was taking its toll on him. You know, there was a lot of pressure on him. But Unai Emery's come in and, you know, he's, I, you know, I, I just feel like McGinn, especially, you know, he, he's calmed down a lot. You know, he's grown into the captaincy role and he's been he's been absolutely fantastic. Same with Tyrone Mings, you know, he's had his critics. You know, he got the captaincy taken off him by Gerrard. So, you know, his confidence might have taken a, taken a bit, bit, of a, bit of a blow, but, you know, he's been brilliant. Alex Moreno, he's been a brilliant sign for, for Villa since he came in in January. So I just think it, I just think with with Aston Villa the job in IM is done. I just think it's an improvement in players. You know every single player that I've, I've looked at um, that's been playing consistently in IM, they've they've all seemed to have really improved a lot. And you know, you know, is is amazing in European football when it comes to European competitions. So I wouldn't rule out them having a having a good Conference League. You know, you, you, you just and if they have a good summer window, as you said, you know. It's exciting times for Aston Villa, absolutely. Especially with a manager like Unai Emery. So not really good times for, for them coming up. So I just want to say, lastly, have you enjoyed 
the 22-23 Premier League season? I've, um, you'd also prefer someone other than Man City to win the league, but the way they've won it has been exciting because Arsenal have led for so long the relegation battles and down to the final day, so no one was relegated super early, um, apart from maybe Southampton, but they had a young squad, you kind of seen that happening. And obviously, the surprise packages, Aston Villa getting in Europe, um, Leicester getting relegated, which obviously you don't want to see a big club get relegated, um, and obviously Brighton getting Europe as well, and also Newcastle Champions League football, considering where they were last season under at the start of last season, Steve Bruce in charge, and then Eddie Howe takes over, and he has a good run, but you're like, can he maintain it? Can he build on that? He certainly has done. So for me, it's been a, an exciting season. Harry King, 30 Premier League goals, Ellen Haaland, 38, Man City champions, going for a treble. Um, Manchester United going for double in the cup conditions as well. Um, set for a, a thrilling end like the last couple of weeks in terms of like other competitions, but the Premier League season's is not disappointed and I've enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, so uh, just uh, just touching on, you know, I think it's been quite refreshing, you know, apart from Man City winning, winning the title, which is coming a bit of a, a regular thing, but the top four, pretty different, you know, Man United and Newcastle in it, you know, Arsenal as well for the first time in six years. So the three teams getting in the top four, that's quite good to see. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of European places, you know, Aston Villa and Brighton. Don't think anyone would have really, maybe maybe Brighton, but I don't think anyone would have said Aston Villa. So that's been quite good to see. And although relegation is is bad for any club that does get relegated, you know, I think Leicester is quite a su- surprise package. You know, I don't think a lot of people would have said that. I think everyone would have said Bournemouth. And look at the job that look at the job Gary and done at Bournemouth. So it's just been quite refreshing. You know, it's been quite unpredictable. So, no, it's been a really good season uh, in the Premier League. So, um, we will now move on to discussing the last weekend of the Scottish Premier League season. So, on Saturday, 27th of May, we witnessed Celtic lifting the Scottish Premier League trophy after defeating Aberdeen 5-0 on the last day of the season. We also found out that Hearts finished fourth position after drawing with their fiercest rivals, Hibs which now means that Hearts will play European football next season. Uh, this also means that Hibs finished in fifth position and will now need Celtic to win the Scottish Cup in order for them to play European football next season. So on, on Sunday, the 28th of May, uh, the day after, the other remaining Scottish Premier League matches were played and it was confirmed that Dundee United will be playing Championship football next season after being defeated by Motherwell 3-2. We also found out that Ross County will be playing in the SPFL relegation playoff after they were defeated by Kilmarnock 3-1 on the last day. Ross County will be playing Party Crystal in the playoff. And so Party Crystal do have an opportunity to come into the into the, the top flight. So Pierce, what is your reaction the last weekend of the SPFL season? Hi, Tommy, yet again, Tom. Um, seeing Dunnated getting confirmed relegation, I think the right was on the wall all season. Um, Summer to Leicester, they just didn't have good organisation at the back and they were too reliant on one man up front, which was Stephen Fletcher, who I thought played well this season, but certainly was at 21 in January and 
uh, was it Nicky Clark losing Nicky Clark the summer as well? That's that's like a bit. It's a big attacking threat, taking away, potent attacking threat, taking away for your team. Um, Ross County getting the relegation playoff. It was kind of, it was a toss up between them and Kilmarnock at the end. Um, with them we uh, part of the test on the playoff. That for me that's a policy a coin that can go either way. It'd be refreshing. It'd be nice to see part of the test come back up after spending. Quite a few, couple of years away in League One, then Championship, and then back to League One, then back to Championship. So, and also they played Rangers in the Cup earlier this season, and they gave them a good go at Ibrooks. Um, so it'd be nice to see a, a, a fresh face. Um, Celtic back to the best. Um, one in final on Trophy Day. It'd be nice to see Bucks are the strongest team possible out. Um, just in time for the Scottish Cup. Final, which will be next this weekend. We'll talk about that a bit more detail later on. Um, Rangers won the comfortable winners in St Mirren, which isn't easy doing because St Mirren have been sensational season. Um, and obviously the high drama of the Edinburgh Derby. Temper slur, you expect that. And then um, a, a red card slip. I think Cochrane's got three or four red cards this season. It's no surprise there. Um, and obviously clash the end because... What what meant like the guaranteed European place, um. But you always feel as if Hearts have got an edge over Hibs. Hibs just seem to bottle at this against when they play Hearts. I don't know if it's like a mentality thing. You probably wouldn't say technically they're, they're better than each other. Probably level, probably even. But it's just a mentality thing. Like Hearts probably play more defensive style football, but they have this thing where they just just know how to get a win. To be honest. And I think Stephen Naismith's done a good job since he came in. Um, but I uh, done a good job, but he had a poor run. Um, and, and he'd be similar to Barry Rossi, might be um, getting full-time pressure next season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, just starting off the games that were played on Saturday, so the biggest game was probably the Edinburgh Derby, you know, because I had much more ramifications. Uh, you know, obviously a 1-1 draw. Um. You know, as you said, Tempers Flair. And, um, you know, I, you know, I think now with Hearts, with European football next season, you know, the fact that, you know, they finished fourth, I think Stephen Naismith, I think he's in for a good, for a really good chance now of getting the, the permanent job. Uh, you know, he's actually done not too bad since he's come in, since he replaced Robbie Nielsen. Uh, so I could see that happening. And um, Hibs, you know, it's been... You know, they'll be disappointed. You know, Hearts went down to 10 men re- really early on in the game. You know, Hibs had a lot of chances. They could have they could have won that by quite a few goals, but they just couldn't get it over the line. Um, but I think Hibs at the end will be pretty pleased. You know, they had a tough start to the season, but they seemed to pick up towards the end of the season. You know, they they, they really started gaining a bit, a bit of momentum, you know, that their start eleven was was pretty similar, you know. So, um, obviously Hibs will be, they'll be praying that Celtic won the Scottish Cup because that means that they'll get European football. So that that was definitely the highlight Saturday, and then on Sunday, you know, that was quite a big day. You know, starting off with Dundee United getting relegated, you know, that was the the writing on the wall was 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 there for them. You know, I think that's been coming for a while, but I'm just so disappointed with Dundee United. Because I never expected at the start of the season for them to be relegated, you know, with the squad they've got. That's, in my opinion, that's one of the best squads 
in in the in the division. You know, definitely up the in the top six. I think they should be even. They should have been there, around about there at least. So it's been a really disappointing season for them. You know, uh, and you know it's going to be a big summer because Jim Goodwin's got the job permanently now. So it's going to be a big summer for them, in terms of getting players in, getting players out, and making a a quick comeback to the top flight because you know. Oh, they're too big a club, in my opinion, to be in championship. You know, they, they should be in the top flight consistently, year in, year out. And I, I, just, and I just want to touch on this, mate. Like, um, obviously, like you say, big summer in terms of what they be big. Because I think Dunedin's squad is good. And I think the wage is probably one of the highest in the league compared outside the the, the Edinburgh sides and the old, the old firm. Um, but... I do think so. Like players, players might even want to leave because players might not want to drop down to the championship. Um, I'm thinking off the top of my head, players like Glenn Middleton, um, Dylan Levitt. For me, two young young players that could easily play in the top six in the SBL, and talented young players as well. Um, and obviously, no Dundee Derby next season because the opposite Dundee's teams went up. So that was a big incentive to stay in the league but obviously John Goodwin didn't have much time to walk with the team didn't have a window um, it was tough on him he had a tough season to be honest even at Aberdeen he was tough because um, he had a poor run there as well but I think if he, if he has a good summer and recruits and managed to keep hold of the, the two the two players and obviously build on the squad that he has and obviously he'll have, but you'll have a big decision as well you'll have Tony Watt returning who hasn't really featured or worked in the team but he'll be on big wages because he came from Motherwell, who were who were um who got Europe in that. So he was a top goal scorer. Um so it'll be interesting to see we donated. Because I like to say I think they're too big a club to be in the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I think as well. You know. Um so you were touching on it a bit earlier on there about Ross County now they're in the playoff part of Crystal they'll be playing, and we'll see who either gets promoted or who gets relegated. So who do you think will come out and talk? I think Malky McKay's done a fantastic job at Ross County. I've just got a sneaky feeling the Thistle will, uh, part of Thistle will do it. Um, like I say, I think it's on an eighth edge, I think. It will be go both ways. Um, it will hammer and throw. Um, but going on this season, like, Ross County have been good this season. But they've, got, they've had a few injuries and obviously lost the top goals for last season. Um, Eamon Brophy was a good sign in January, so was Simon Murray. But um, I just don't, I just, I just think the form's dipped a bit. And obviously the momentum was also off the championship side, who's been playing really well this season. So uh, it's an eighth edge. I, I, I'm going to say th- uh, Thistle, just. So I think the problem might even go at extra time in the second leg. So you never know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Party Crystal. Um, I just think Party Crystal, based on the the kind of uh, the form they're in, you know, they've been amazing since the playoffs have started. You know, the Chris Doolan. Uh, since Chris Doolan's come in to be the manager of Party Crystal, he's done a brilliant job. Uh, you know, last Friday there, they beat EA United 4 0 away from home. To secure their playoff position, playoff final position. So I I just think, and obviously Ross County, they'll be disappointed. You know, you know, um. So I just think in terms of 
moods between the two teams. I just think Partick Thistle have got the upper hand in that. You know, they'll be much more confident. You know, Ross County, I will, and maybe not, but they might be feeling a bit sorry for themselves. You know, so, I, and it's two legs. It's two legs as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say Partick Thistle. Um, but you were saying about Mal- Malcolm McKay, yeah, that's done a really good job. It's been a tough season for them. Um, but, you know, it'll be a good game. It'll be a really good game. Two teams that are very even. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Um, so we will now move on to discussing the last day of the Bundesliga season. So on Saturday, the 28th of May, Bayern Munich were crowned Bundesliga champions after they defeated Cologne 2-1. So um, before every game kicked off on the last day, Borussia Dortmund were in pole position to win the Bundesliga and all they had to do was win against Mainz on the last day of the season. However, they drew 2-2, which resulted in Bayern Munich winning the title. So Pierce, what is your reaction to a dramatic last day of the Bundesliga season? Uh, it was all set up for them. Dortmund have been by far the most dominant side in the Bundesliga this season. Played the nicest football, they've been the most exciting team to watch. Well, if you give Bayern Munich even half a chance, they take it. Um, Bayern Munich have been, people say, like, struggling this season, but they somehow won the, won the what is it, the 11th title in a row. Um, they're just serial, Bayern Munich are just serial winners, to be honest. Um, I guarantee Thomas Tuchel couldn't believe his luck when he's seen the scoreline 2-0 after like half an hour. Um, and obviously Dortmund at home, the fans were all excited. The yellow wall was bouncing. And then obviously they missed a penalty as well. Sebastian Haller, that fairy tale story, come back for the diagnosis of testicular cancer. And he's been a revelation since he's came back. Um, and obviously getting a 96th minute equaliser to make it 2-2. But just it wasn't enough. It's just, it, it's just the, the fact is that Bayern Munich are similar to Man City. They're just serial winners, and you can never write them off. But although Dortmund have been exciting to watch, they just have a. I think it's like a mentality thing. They just just can't see to go over the line. Napoli had it for years, but they broke the curse this season and said out under Spalletti, and I, I do think Dortmund will eventually do it. But it might be um, next season or the season after. But um, I just hope they do it for uh, Marco Royce's sake. I think he deserves it. Deserves it for I think he's an absolute legend of Bundesliga and uh, Dortmund. Yeah, um, it's a heartbreaker for Dortmund. It really is. I think that's the best chance they'll get for quite a while now. Um, you know, it was all set up for them, as you said. It was all set up for them to win. All they had to do was win against Mainz and. It's quite important to say that Mines going into that game were not in good form. You know, before that game, they did. I think they were on about a four four uh, losing streak run. So it was a. It, it wasn't as if it was a really hard game for Dortmund. Um, but they, they'll be really kicking themselves because Bayern Munich have been poor in the league this season. You know, they've not really replaced Lewandowski. Uh, so it's been it's been such a difficult season for Bayern, but they they pulled it off. Um, but for Dortmund, you know, that's them losing, going to lose Bellingham now. Rafael Guerrero's leaving. So, I mean, that's good. Again, 
they're going through a, cha- a change of, of, of players. And by minute we'll get they'll get stronger. You know, they they will they will sign a top a top striker in the summer. So I I, I do see by Munich, you know, I, I think they will I think, you know, their dominance will start getting even stronger now. Um and yeah, I think that was a chance miss for Dortmund, I really do. I think that'll be that'll be that'll be really hard for them to recover from for quite a while. Um, so we will now move on to discussing the latest Scotland squad announcement. So on Monday, the 29th of May, Steve Clark released his Scotland squad for the upcoming matches against Norway and Georgia. The biggest news was that hip striker Kevin Nisbet was recalled to the squad for the first time in two years. So Pierce, what is your reaction to the latest Scotland squad? It's a very strong squad. Um, build on the two... The two wins we got in the opening two matches, which were outstanding. No, probably big miss is probably Shea Adams who picked up an injury for Southampton. But having Shankland in the squad and Nisbet as backup to Dykes is a good thing to have because we'll touch on in SBL what Hibs had a good running season in the second half. That was down to Nisbet getting back from injury and back in form. So it's a good thing to have. Um, I do think. It's a very strong squad. Um, Greg Taylor's back in the squad as well. Anthony Ralston. Um, we've got, t- we've got Tierney Robertson, usual back line. Say, first choice goalkeepers. Midfield is the, the, the strongest it can be. So no, I'm, I'm very excited with that, with that Scotland squad and um, hopefully we can pick up maximum points in the next two matches and the upcoming uh, qualifiers. Yep. Um, just... I, I just touched on Kevin this, but you know, it's good to see him back in the squad. You know, I think he deserves it. He's had a really good season at Hibs. Um, you know, uh Grant Hanley, he's injured. He's been he's a mainstay at the in the central that defence for Steve Clark. So I think John Suter coming back in, I think it's good to see. You know, ever since uh he's been ever since every time he comes into the Scotland squad, he's been really good for Steve Clark. So I think it's good to see him back. Uh, Billy Gilmore as well. Um, you know, he wasn't really getting a look in at Brighton, but the last couple of months he's been playing more and showing his quality. So it's good to see him. And uh, yeah, I mean it's been it's a really good again, it's a really strong squad. You know, um uh, the, the biggest thing with the Scotland squad now is the consistency. You know, it's always the same players getting picked. So there just seems to be a trust now with the Scottish Kind of Scottish public when they see the Scotland squad, because um you know they, they, they're so used to being together now, um and yeah no it's again it's a really strong squad, um so obviously the game's coming up, uh, it's a really big camp for Scotland. We've got Norway and Georgia to be played, so when looking at the squad, do you think it's strong enough to gain positive results against Norway and Georgia? I think it's. Georgia should be three points. Um, if you can get at least a point against Norway, Norway's a funny one because Norway obviously have probably got an average squad. You probably say not a great squad, but you've got two world class players in Martin Odegaard and Erling Haaland. So they're the two players that Steve Clark might have to try and nullify, similar to what <coughs> did with Rudiger stuck on Erling Haaland. Um, 
you think somebody like Ryan Porteous might have to just stick with him? If he, if if he, or even uh, I think Liam Cooper, so, someone just kind of just stick tight to him and give him no threats and obviously always good forward. Um, with a threat, big dykes, John McGinn, Armstrong, McGregor, Jack, Gilmore, um, and obviously the two wing backs and Hickey and Robertson, and you've Tierney bombing on as well. So and you make Tommy who's had. I was at three goals in the last two games. He's in the form of his life now for Scotland. Um, so no, exciting times. We're a threat going forward. We're solid at the back. Let's give it a go, I think. Four points, a bare minimum, I think we should get through this camp. And that will set us in good stead to qualify. Yeah, I mean, this is a massive, massive camp for Scotland. You know, because they had a really good camp last time. Two wins out of two. If Scotland could get two positive results... As you said, if they could come out of this these two games with a point and three points, you know, I think that's them on their way to, to Germany in the Euros. Um so I think as a strong squad, you know, like at the end of the day, like it's I, I, I in my opinion, I, I've just gone to left to trust the Scotland squad now. You know, there's a consistency with it. You know, they all they've all played with each other for a number of years now. So I mean, obviously Norway is that's going to be a big, big test away away from home. You know, the best player in the world, arguably, at the moment, and then Ireland. You know, Martin Odegaard, who's been unbelievable for Arsenal this season. Two big threats. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a big test. But, you know, I think Scotland are capable. They really are capable of going there and getting the result. Um, so, I think it is a strong squad. Um, and, yeah, the two games, are, I, and I'm really looking forward to them. I can't wait for them to, can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, so we will now move on to previewing this weekend's FA Cup and Scottish Cup final. So on Saturday, the 3rd of June, Manchester City and Manchester United will play each other in the FA Cup final and Celtic and Inverness Cali Thistle will play each other in the Scottish Cup final. So starting off um, with the FA Cup final, so Man United and Man City will play each other um, so Pierce, um, are you looking forward to this weekend's FA Cup final? Yes, I I am. Um, I've been interested to see what Manchester United try try to do to counteract Man City's style of play. Um, because Man City, regardless of who they pick and what system, everyone's comfortable. You look at John Stones playing midfield, Nathan Ake playing left back. Um. The way they control the middle of the park, and then you've got your, your front line that can interchange, and it's just so free flowing. There's goals all over the park, and obviously, Ten Hag's had a good season, but he has had a few humblings this season. So it'll be interesting to see, but I, I do, I, I do think the Man City will <laughs> run out comfortable winners, but um, it's not to say Manchester United won't have a threat because they will. They've got good talented players, but. They're just they're not as attacking as Man City, and I just think Man City have just got that, let's say, Ellen Haaland and De Bruyne. I just think they'll just have a bit too much for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just start off by saying that Man United they'll be desperate to win this because their treble is under threat. Obviously, with Man City being in the the Champions League final and they've already won the Premier League, so Man United will be 
so motivated to win this. Um, it'll be a really interesting match. Um, I agree with you. I think Man City just have too much quality for Man United. Um, so I, I, I do think Man City will win. Um, but Man United are going to be going into that match full, full of motivation. Um, and the fans will be, will be, they'll be cheering them on. They'll be desperate. I mean, they're all, all desperate to win trophies, but they'll even be more desperate this time, especially against the, the, the fiercest rivals. So, um, I think Man City will, they, they will come out winners, but that, that, that's going to be, that's going to be a brilliant match to watch. So we will also see Celtic play Inverness, Cali Fissel in the Scottish Cup final. So Pierce, uh, are you looking forward? To this weekend's Scottish Cup final. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, a brilliant spectacle. Um, obviously, it's the underdog story of Amaris Kelly Thistle getting to the final, which in itself is an achievement. Um, and obviously, Celtic in top form the week before the the final is good timing for themselves. Um, but I'm expecting a comfortable Celtic win. Um, and obviously, if they do play their brilliant best, no one can stop them in this country. But if they have even five percent dipping, dip dipping like application or willingness to run that half yard, and they're just that bit slack, or they're off it, or they're just not pressing as much, then this is what Inverness, the underdogs, nothing to lose, everything to gain. Um, and obviously, in the past, they have been. Uh, Celtic's um, bogey team um, so they'll need to be at it but I do expect a, a Celtic win Yep um, it's going to be an interesting final obviously Celtic are quite regulars now in the Scottish Cup final um, you know it's good to see what we, we, we touched, we've touched on this anyway but it's good to see Inverness Caracas win the final you know a championship team uh, getting there Um. As you said, I, I do expect a cut a win for Celtic, probably a comfortable one. You know, it's hard not to in terms of the quality between between both teams. You know, Celtic, Celtic squad compared to Inverness's squad is I mean it's night and day. But I know a lot of people will think it'll be comfortable for Celtic, but I, I really wouldn't rule out Inverness. Got they've got a really good chance. You know, they, they, you know they've not played in quite a while. Obviously, their season's finished quite a while ago now. So, you don't know how what way that'll go. They might be really rusty. Um, all their preparation might have gone really well. You know, they're rested. They're 100%. They've got their game plan spot on. They've had a lot of time to prepare for it. So, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how how they set up against Celtic. Uh, how, how they're going to be a threat. Um, because we all know that Celtic, although Celtic, we're back on form uh, last weekend. You know, before that, you know, they did. They were, they were a little bit inconsistent with the results. They did go through a pretty poor form of results. You know, defensively at the moment, Celtic aren't the strongest. Um, but uh, going back to it, I, I do think Celtic will win. Um, you know, I think they'll have too much more than this. But that'll be an interesting game. I really will. I'm I'm quite intrigued to hear to uh, to see how that'll go. Um. So for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup.
Yeah, so nothing really major in terms of outside of the football matches itself. But uh, we'll start off with the Japanese league. And uh, on Saturday, we had 27th of May, we had Haikido, Consul, Sapporo, uh, 1, Nagoya Grampus, 2, Vassel Kobe, 3, FC Tokyo, 2, Sanfetchi Hiroshima, 1, Shonan Belmer, 0, Sagan Tresu, 2, Kashi Anders, 2, uh, Kyoto Sangan, 0, Ura Diamonds, 2, and then finish it on Sunday, the 20th of May. We had Alberts Nagata, 1, Gambo Saka, 3, um, Serzo Saka, 2, Yokama FC, 0. Uh, Yokama F Mariners 2, Avispa Fukuoka 0, uh, Kawasaki Frontale 2, Kashiwa Racer 0. So that's leaving the league table with uh, Vassel Kobe on top, uh, 33 points after 15 matches played, and then you've got Yokama Mariners on 30 points in second, and then the third, you've got Nagoya Grampus on 29. Um, and down at the bottom of the table, we've got um, Gambo Saka rooted to the foot of the table on 10 points after 15 matches. In 17th place, you've got Shonan Belmer on 11 points after 14 matches, and then Cassio Reso and Yokama FC, 16th and 15th respectively, both played 15 matches and on 12 points. So in the Korean League, we had on Saturday, 27th of May, uh, Jeju United 2, Samsung Suwon Blue Wings 1, uh, Daegu FC 2, Incheon United 2, on Sunday, we had FC Seoul 1, Gangwon FC 0, Suwon FC 0, Ga- Guangzhou FC 2, Ulsan Hyundai 3, Daejeon Hana Citizen 3, and then to finish it off on Monday, the 28th of May, Poang Steelers 1, Jumbo Hyundai Motors 0. So that's leaving the table. At the top of the table, you've got Ulsan Hyundai way out in front, 15 matches played, 38 points, and then you've got... Um, Joint second, SSL, Jedge United, and Pohang Steelers, all in 27 points. So as you can see, there's a quite a gap, 11 points between the, um, the, the chasing pack. And then down at the bottom of the table, a similar scenario. Uh, 12th place with Sam, Sue and Samsung Blue Wings, 15 games played, 8 points. Then you've got Gangwon in 11th with 11 points. And then um, 9th and 10th, respectively, Inchon United. And Sue and FC both on 15 points apiece. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye bye.